When's the best time for me to claim Social Security? I can't tell you how many times I've heard that question at Reap Financial. Hey, I'm Chris Herline, Wealth Manager and host of Wealth Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. I wish that was an easy question to answer, but it really does depend on a few different factors. And what many of the successful families we work with find is that sometimes it doesn't pay to wait. So find out the top things to consider when it comes to Social Security with my latest wealth report. Just email me now, chris at wealthradio.com, and put Social Security in the subject line. That's chris at wealthradio.com. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. It is 533 here on the Todd and Oz Show. So glad you chose to join us. And, well, yeah, we're here till 10. And, well, let me give you the numbers so you could call us and text us at 512-836-0590. We always begin with the big stories. The White House is facing growing tension in the Middle East as war planners consider what is next. Newsman Sagar Magadi explains. President Biden has issued an executive order sanctioning four Israeli settlers accused of attacking Palestinians in the West Bank. This is a direct answer to the dramatic increase in violence that we've seen by settlers on Palestinians in the West Bank. Since the 7th of October. The move comes months after he'd said the violence was pouring gas on Mideast fires. It has to stop. They have to be held accountable. The administration says the settler violence poses a grave threat to Mideast security and stability and also undermines U.S. foreign policy, calling for a two-state solution. It's got to stop. It's unacceptable. It's a, it's a detriment to peace and security, uh, certainly there in the West Bank, but to the Palestinian people in general. The sanctions come as the president faces growing criticism for his strong backing of Israel in the Hamas war, with civilian casualties mounting. We've not described what our, what our response is going to be, uh, but we look to hold the people uh, that are responsible for this accountable. And we also look to make sure that uh, we continue to wait, take away capability from them as we go forward. Previous strikes have not deterred the attacks. Now, after a drone attack killed three American soldiers in Jordan. At this point, uh, we, we should, uh, it's time to, uh, to take away even more capability than we've taken in the past. Yemen's Houthi rebels have kept up attacks in the Red Sea. And Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says while some militias claim they're stopping hostilities under fear of retaliation. I don't think the... Uh, the adversaries are of a one-and-done mindset, uh, and so uh, they have a lot of capability. I have a lot more. Sagar Magani, Washington. It is 534. Crime is proving to be a growing concern among illegal migrants in Chicago. Newsman Bill Malusian explains. Police in Chicago have arrested the leaders of an identity fraud ring that they say was targeting illegal immigrants and was fueling a rise in downtown retail thefts. The Cook County Sheriff's Office says three Mexican nationals had directed illegal immigrants from Venezuela to steal items from magnificent mile stores all in exchange for fraudulent ID cards that would allow them to get jobs. The sheriff there says they uncovered the fraud after talking to dozens of migrants with nearly identical stories. All after an explosion of retail thefts in certain areas. Meanwhile, New York police are making arrest in connection with the assault of two police officers in Times Square. Kendall Green has more on that story. Two of a dozen migrants accused in a vicious Midtown attack over the weekend appeared in court Thursday and stepped with droves of NYPD officers in a show of support for two of their own, pummeled on camera Saturday evening. The duo were the sixth and seventh arrest made Wednesday 
but only 24-year-old Yohenry Brito was charged with robbery and felony assault in the attack. Concerning 21-year-old Yandri Barros, District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office declined to prosecute, citing a lack of evidence to prove his involvement. Wednesday's arrest followed four migrants also arrested and charged in the assault Saturday and one later Monday. Yet all were released but one who was under a supervised release. Now, the officers involved in the attack suffered minor injuries. They will be okay. They're also looking for four others originally that were arrested, claiming that they may have already boarded a bus for California. More than 100 illegal immigrants have been rounded up across the country. They're considered to be dangerous, too dangerous to be on the streets. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Deputy Director Patrick Lechtleitner announced that ICE arrested scores of potentially dangerous non-citizens over 11 days in 25 cities. Places where unlawfully present non-citizens were moving freely after being accused or convicted of truly heinous crimes were threatening our peace and security in the United States. And? Of those, 103 had convictions or pending charges for assaulting or for assault against children, including sexual assault, and 10 had pending charges or convictions of homicide or murder. And he says that funding uncertainty is an issue. The reality, we have limited resources, so we prioritize within our priorities, and national security and public safety threats are those top priorities. I'm Lisa Dwyer. It is 537. Now, the prospects of a bipartisan Senate immigration bill making it through the House are bleak. And that's uh, to the dismay of at least one Texas Republican. The bill faces opposition from former President Trump and House Speaker Mike Johnson. Dan Crenshaw from Humble says the legislation is much more important than politics. The height of stupidity is having a strong opinion on something you know nothing about. I'm, I'm extremely disappointed in the very strange maneuvering by many on the right to, to, to torpedo uh, a potential border reform bill. He says sabotaging a bill that decreases illegal immigration is not consistent with what they told their constituents they would do and calls it an unacceptable dereliction of duty. That is newsman Stephen Pickering reporting. It is 5.38. The Austin Police Department, Tom Brass, was apparently aware of the defects in the less lethal beanbag rounds that were used by police officers in the riots in 2020. It's according to KVU News, which says uh, confidential internal reports indicates that the APD top brass had knowledge and information and data showing the possibility that the age and the condition of those less than lethal beanbag rounds were not suitable for crowd control. 21 Austin police officers were later indicted for using the inspired expired beanbag rounds. All but four of those indictments have since been dropped. An ordinance has been approved to extend the pay and the benefits for police, but they will do very little to get the city of Austin and the police union back to the negotiation table. A number of people spoke before the council meeting yesterday, like Susan Spataro, who says the city council has got to do something to make people of Austin and visitors feel safe again. When I sat here today and listened to density, how much more density you want, density is going to demand more police officers, and you need to figure out how to get them. Many police critics who spoke out slammed the city council for even entertaining the idea of passing such a resolution. The ordinance also includes $2,500 payouts for every officer if the contract is reached before July. The Austin Animal Center policy is uh, dealing with uh, aggressive dogs that's been approved for a change at the city council. The shelter will now use a national recognized Ian Dunbar scale, ranking dogs on an aggression scale from one to six. 
Those on the higher end of that scale could face euthanasia. The shelter says the change will help prevent highly aggressive dogs from being released into the community or to the most uh, rescue and, and or to uh, you know rescue uh, foster groups possibly. And we do have uh, more on that story on our websites at newsradioklbj.com. Listen, there's a growing push to do more to protect uh, predict kids online. New legislation in Congress would require social media websites, video game companies, and messaging apps to take reasonable measures to protect kids. We know that that's actually only a fraction of what is actually going on because a lot of these cases don't get reported. That's Russell Dorn. He's with the FBI's Crimes Against Children's Program of Texas. He says sextortion is where a child is tricked into sending lewd pictures to someone online. They're then extorted for cash. And he says parents should take control of their child's cell phones. The U.S. government top security force, cybersecurity force, is making federal agencies unplug from a VPN service that it uses after an alarming the system was compromised by hackers. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency is telling every other government agency that they need to remove all VPN products by a company called Ivanti, saying... There's a vulnerability already exploited by hackers linked to rogue groups and even the People's Republic of China. Those agencies would even include the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. The hackers may have been able to steal login credentials. Ivanti has already issued a software patch and instructions on how to re-secure the networks, but CISA wants all government networks off Ivanti VPNs by Saturday. Evan Brown, Fox News. It is 541. This is House Call for Health. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is warning healthcare workers to be on the lookout for measles infections. The agency says there's been an uptick in the number of cases since December of last year. Cases have been reported in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Washington, D.C. area. The CDC says most of the infections involved children and adolescents who had not been vaccinated against measles despite being eligible. The agency says most measles cases in the United States involve unvaccinated or only partially vaccinated Americans who travel outside the country, then return and spread it to the unvaccinated. Symptoms of measles include a rash, high fever that can spike to more than 104, cough, runny nose, and red and watery eyes. Infants and kids are at high risk for severe illness and complications. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health on Lisa Brady, Fox News. Welcome back. It is 549. The headquarters for electric car company Tesla, they're already here in Austin. And now the CEO, Elon Musk, he wants to change the company's states of incorporation to Texas. And well, he wants to do that as well. And, and, and Glenn Hammer with the Texas Association of Business, he says this is a big deal. Keller Williams will pay $70 million to... It's hard to get a better promoter for your state in terms of promoting the state's business environment than Elon Musk. He says there's there will be a ripple effect with other corporations fleeing Delaware. Uh, that's currently the hot spot for incorporations. Musk did not uh, say why he's uh, making the move. It could be the reaction to a ruling from a Delaware judge who uh, reduced and to tear up his uh, $56 billion pay package. One of the country's largest real estate brokerage firms has agreed to pay millions of dollars in settlement lawsuits over agent commissions. Here's newsman Jack Callahan. Keller Williams will pay $70 million to settle claims that it unfairly forced home sellers to pay artificially inflated commissions. 
In October, a federal jury found the National Association of Realtors and several large brokers conspired to force home sellers to pay commissions to agents for home buyers. Keller Williams agrees to make it clear to clients the commissions are negotiable and there is no set minimum required by law. Anywhere, Real Estate and Remax reached similar settlements last year. The Keller-Williams agreement must still be approved by a federal judge. Jack Callahan. Fox News. And with a look at Friday business, here's reporter Jessica Edinger. Wall Street opens this morning after a rally yesterday to start February trading. Investors seem to accept that the Fed is not cutting interest rates anytime soon. The market is actually catching up with uh, what the Fed is saying. You know, uh, you know that March rate cut is unlikely, right? So we think it's actually more closer right. to June. And that makes perfect sense. Pivotal's Tiffany McGee on CNBC. It is a jobs Friday today. Investors getting set for the January employment report from the Labor Department. It's a very complex job market. I think the layoffs in tech, a company like Salesforce that announces that they're laying off 700 people are still hiring a thousand other people. I think there's still this notion of if I need to come up with really good earnings, uh, the fastest way to do that was really to lay off staff and to uh, reduce my overall operating expenses. Recruiter.com's Evan Sohn on CNBC. The unemployment rate is sitting at 3.7% right now. That's near a 50-year low. It's forecast to perhaps pop up to 3.9%, which would still be very low. The report will be out at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Investors coming through quarterly results that came after the closing bell last night from Apple, Facebook parent Meta, and Amazon. Amazon beat expectations. So did Facebook parent Meta. Meta will pay a dividend for the first time. And there's a theme that's probably going to impact shares of all of these. Everyone wants to see where AI is showing up. There's been a couple of quarters now where AI... AI has been in focus for people ever since kind of chat GPT came into the lexicon for the average person. Albion's Jason Ware on CNBC. Meantime, Amazon announced a new generative AI-powered conversational shopping experience. It's called Rufus. It'll be trained to answer customer questions about the products it's selling. Well, Ferrari, the company, is doing great. Shares zoomed higher 12% yesterday. The CEO is saying there is no sign that the wealthy are slowing down on buying their Ferraris. They're going to launch their first EV in 2025. Also, news that Lewis Hamilton, the rock star of Formula One, may be joining Scuderia Ferrari in 2025. If there's any category that is immune to just about any economic shock or even concern, it's people who buy $300,000 sports cars <laughs> as their 12th or 13th car. CNBC's Robert Frank. On today's watch list, along with the January employment report from the Labor Department, we get quarterly results. Big ones. ExxonMobil, Chevron, Bristol-Myers, Squibb, and Cigna. If three is your lucky number, the Mega Millions jackpot is $333 million tonight. New in theaters, Universal's action thriller, Argyle. Universal is a sister company to CNBC. That is reporter Jessica Edinger. It is 5.53. President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump both aiming for a second term in the White House as a potential rematch between the two seems likely. Fox reporter Marianne Rafferty has more on the very latest in the Fox News polling gauging voter interest in two swing states. 
A new national poll is showing President Biden enjoying a six-point lead in a hypothetical head-to-head rematch-up with former President Trump. But when you zoom in on those all-important battleground states, we can see where the former president is actually gaining ground. Brand new Fox News polling out of Georgia, a state President Biden won by just one point in 2020, gives Trump an eight-point edge, due in part to large support from rural and independent voters. Trump also holds a seven-point advantage with young voters in the Peach State. And in Wisconsin, Trump and Biden are running roughly even. Biden squeaked out a win there by less than a point in 2020. Including third-party candidates, President Joe Biden trails the former president by three percentage points, with independent candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. receiving seven percentage points. There's also a new poll that finds Texas Senator Ted Cruz is leading any Democrat opponent here in the Lone Star State. The new University of Houston poll shows U.S. Congressman Colin Allred from Dallas with a sizable lead over other challengers in the Democratic primary, but trailing Senator Ted Cruz in a November matchup. Right now, Cruz is a 48 to 39 percent lead among likely voters. SMU political science professor Matt Wilson says Cruz should win, but it could be close. Cruz has always been somewhat of a polarizing figure, so he does not have a kind of deep and overwhelming popularity with the Texas electorate. So I would expect that he will face a close race. Uh, one in which he is more likely than not to prevail, but it's not a foregone conclusion. The poll showed that 38% of likely voters are still undecided. It is newsman Austin York reporting. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. That's right. It is 6.05 here on the Todd and Oz Show. And you can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. You can use that same number to text us. And, yeah, it's working. Got it nice and warmed up. There we go. All right. All right so there we go. All right, man. Yeah. Yeah, 512-836-0590. we got a lot to get to, of course, like we do every day in this news cycle. We're going to update you on all things when it comes to the negotiations for a border security bill. We're going to hear from uh, Chip Roy, the Congressman Chip Roy, coming up at 635. Uh, his thoughts on, uh, well, what we know so far about this piece of legislation. It should be coming out today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and the devil's in the details. Uh, but we'll get into that coming up. And... Uh, also, we got a, an update today on uh, one of the most controversial events that this uh, city has ever experienced, and it's gone uh, over a couple of years. And we're talking about the riots, the BLM riots uh, in the summer of 2020, and that massive uh, confrontation between the agitators and uh, police officers down at headquarters. Right. As you know, there was 21 officers that faced indictment because of the injuries that were caused when using the less lethal shotguns that fire these uh, these beanbag rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I guess the new information that we have this morning is, following, a, I guess, a, an investigation, KVU and, and the statesman and Tony Paleski, that uh, try to determine exactly when top brass, not only at the Trading Academy, but also on the top floor at APD, when did they learn that the uh, that the beanbag rounds may have been expired? Uh, there was uh, in in September of 2019. Apparently, there was some testing done, and uh, they determined that there were some issues with these beanbag rounds. But apparently, that uh, the information may not have circulated throughout the department. Yeah. In other words, these beanbag rounds expired. But also, we learn in the in the story that um, well, there's no expiration date on the boxes of the beanbag rounds. So it's tough to know. It's tough to know. But the company that manufactures them, they say on their website that they cannot guarantee the effectiveness of these beanbag rounds after five years. Okay. So they don't know how old these beanbag rounds were. 
There was no expiration date on them. They did know at the academy that's, that maybe they were expired and they weren't acting the way that they were supposed to when they're fired. And, uh, well, they were used during the, the riots of uh, 2020 there at police headquarters. Yeah. You, you've paid out, gosh, more than $20 million, I think, in out-of-court yep. settlements uh, with these, uh, these folks. That is correct. Uh, yeah, so uh, according to this report, there, there were, I get like you know, like you mentioned, you know, kind of later in, in 2019, there were several supervisors that that grew concerned about it, and then there was an issue in 2020 before the riots that they're calling a, a an over penetration incident. Yeah, there was one case, and, and and I guess what I'm what I'm learning from this is if these rounds are expired, too old, then uh, they cause more damage. Yeah. They become harder and they don't fly correctly, I guess, is, is what they're saying. Yeah, well, and I, and I guess that's something that we already kind of knew. I mean, you know, they hardened yeah. up like rocks and they and they yeah. caught the wind and they, and they uh, you know, didn't fly, uh, you know, true to, you know, uh, on a straight line. Right. Uh, but but this one here, you know, it's it's basically making the claim that, that APD knew about it, never got around to changing them out, perhaps because they just, they just didn't know. But, you know, I... I, I there's no way for you to know exactly when these when these munitions were 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 purchased and brought to the the department. You can't trace that back how many years. I mean, well, they they didn't know. There's no expiration date on the box. How would anybody know, right? So well, they, yeah. I mean, their first uh, sign of indication was this this one man that was uh, subdued with one and and had some serious injuries. Yeah, that was the first case of it, and uh, I think that was in September of uh, of 2019. I mean, you know, honestly. And, and people who deal in these sort of munitions far more, you know, have far more expertise than I sure, do. But I, I, I never, I never really imagined like a beanbag round having an expiration date. Yeah. You know, uh, but like you said, it says on that company's website, you know, we can't guarantee it after five years. Right. So I, as uh, the head of a police department, might look at that and say, "All right, well, these boxes don't say anything, but we bought this." On May seventeenth of twenty fifteen, yeah, you know, uh, you know, they should still be good, or they're not good anymore. You right. know, just based on what the website says, let's CYA and just go get some new ones. And they may just deteriorate in their impact or their effect, you know, over time, right? Sure. Uh, well, listen, uh, you know, we kind of talked about the expired beanbag rounds. It came up in the tr- in a couple of these cases, uh, you know, with some of the attorneys involved. And I-, I guess the new details in this is when some at the police academy in Top Brass may have found out about it. Yeah. And and apparently the information didn't trickle down. The, the side of this story that's really troubling this morning is these, these cheesy city council members. And they're... I don't know if they're trying to apologize to police, but it sure didn't sound like that. They're demanding more transparency as if they didn't know about this, right? Yeah. Uh, well, they should have been uh, They should have been eager for transparency from day one, is what they should have been. Sure. Instead of following this anti-cop narrative that the DA was putting out at the time. Well, that's, you know, I mean, it, it, it was right there in their wheelhouse. That was, it was, it was screaming into their echo chamber. Sure. So, you know, they couldn't hear anything else but that. Right. Uh, blinded by their own bias. All right, jump in here. 512-836-0590. There's a lot of people listening that, uh, you know, may have uh, their own opinions about this story. Uh, you could join us, too, at 512-836-0590. They're no longer using those uh, those shotguns. Remember, uh, the, uh, the DA said, don't use them. I'm going to prosecute cops if you use them. And immediately there was a bulletin that went out. This was months ago. Yeah, Chacon sent that out, I think. Bring them back, turn them in. We're not using them ever again, he mm-hmm. says. There was a story earlier this week involving a group of uh, teenagers, kids, uh, that led police on a high-speed chase. 
Uh, actually threw a quarry in uh, San Marcos somewhere. One yeah. of them actually got out and started running from the cops in the in the dark of the nights and, and then fell 70 feet uh, into the quarry and died. Right, right, right. Uh, we, we, we recapped this story because uh, it, it involved a stolen Hyundai. That's what, yeah, yeah. They, right. they, they spotted the, the stolen Hyundai in San Marcos. Right. Uh, and then uh, led that chase, uh, I guess, right there near New Braunfels, that quarry there. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, those Hyundais, those Kias. They've been stolen a lot, right? They're easy to boost, apparently. Yeah, well, that's that's been going on for a couple of years now, yeah. actually. Well, there was a coalition of leaders from Baltimore, New York City, Philadelphia, Seattle, and Austin, Texas. Uh, they met yesterday, uh, I guess for some sort of Zoom conference, if you will, to, t- to try to cut crack down on carjackings involving these uh, these Kias, these Hondas that are easy to, to steal. Okay. Now, they say their solution is to target the manufacturers for not doing enough when it comes to crime prevention technology. The manufacturers. That's what they say. They're, they're cracking down on the manufacturers. Uh, Como News, uh, they they covered this story out of Seattle, and they spoke with the, the city councilman there. Uh, his name is Zeke Cohen. It's- it traumatizes our communities. It happens every day. Kias and Hyundai stolen and used to fuel crime. The failure of Kia and Hyundai to install industry standard theft prevention technology in their vehicles has left our cities to clean up the mess. We heard today from folks in Baltimore, uh, in New York, in Austin. Today, Seattle City Council member Tammy Morales taking aim at car makers, demanding they recall and repair models that are easy to steal. The resolution and the lawsuit are really about corporate responsibility. The most familiar part of Kia theft is this. Stolen cars used as battering rams to bust into businesses. No doubt you've seen it plenty of times, but somehow this was news to Councilmember Morales. Well, that's a good question. I haven't heard that these stolen cars are being used for smash and grab. Morales acknowledged Kia thieves often get away unafraid to run from police. It is young people who can very easily access these cars and who are stealing them. Do you think there should be stiffer penalties when people do steal these cars? Well, I think there are penalties for car theft, and those should be, uh, you know, they should be, folks who steal them should be held accountable. In any event, Morales wants the companies to pay the city for the cost of dealing with the stolen Kias and Hyundais. As for the incentive for youth to steal the cars... In court, do you think the lack of deterrent from getting caught or not being chased, do you think that plays into the decision by some of these young folks to steal these cars? Well, I won't speak to the motivations of young people, uh, except to say that they are young people. Um, and when issued a challenge, especially on something like social media, they like to take it up. Yeah, there you go. There, she just oh, God. She, her, her response is, "Well, they're just kids. Kids will be kids. They're they're young people, and when issued a challenge on social media, they yeah. like to take it. So that's how you justify it. It's yeah. it's not it's not the carjackers." They're not the the ones that stick a gun in some poor person's face in their car. They're not the ones to blame. It's the car manufacturers because they're silly. not making it carjack proof enough. Right, right. Uh, and and you know because they were talking about carjackings, but you know we're also talking about just car thefts in general, sure. smashing grabs, a lot of a lot of crime. Yeah, uh, this is ridiculous. This is just I mean, well, I, and listen, Baltimore, New York, Philadelphia, Seattle, Austin, all basically with the same brain cell. These cities think. Well, you know, I, I would think that the manufacturers would want to prevent car thefts themselves, right? I mean, uh, the, the, these these car manufacturers, they don't want a reputation of a vehicle that gets easy to steal, right? No. It's in their vested interest. So there's already an incentive for the, the car manufacturers to do everything they can. But uh, as a city council person, you should be doing what you can. And that is pressing your DA 
to lock these people up when they do get caught instead of just letting them out to embolden them to commit even more crimes. Yeah. You know, uh, a 15-year-old vandalizes a car one night, doesn't get in any trouble. The next night, he actually breaks into the car because he feels a little bit more brave, steals it eventually, gets caught, chased, you know, that sort of thing. And the next thing you know, a slap on the wrist back out there. Right. Got some street cred. Let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, 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 the problem is going to be addressed through proper public safety focus. And these cities, all of those cities, have yeah. a problem with it because they, have, they are run by myopic city councils with their own personal agendas, trying to pander to a, you know, few thousand people so they can get reelected four years yeah. later. That's that's, I mean, none of us are benefiting from this Austin City Council. You what know, they're doing. The thing is, uh, you know, the 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 youngsters that are doing this, they're the same ones that are involved in the the street takeover crowd. Right. It's yeah. the same people. Yeah. Same same group. Same people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that. You know, cause cause havoc. No, no, what? No thought of responsibility. No thought of accountability. Not afraid at all. Mm-hmm. Not afraid of the cops. The mm-hmm. cops can't get there. The DA's not going to prosecute. Why would they be afraid? I, 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 I mean, you know, I can remember in the late '90s, honestly, well, mid '90s, and and you know, we we were a little wild, my crew. But I mean, you know, we we were we were kind of emboldened back then. But like, that was nothing compared to the how things yeah. devolved to the point where kids kids know that your young people know in general you know if i'm not doing something violent nobody's going to do anything to me anymore 622 jump in at 512-836-0590 a surge in illegal border crossings brought out uh, about a thousand people last night in dripping springs for the take our border back rally uh, rocker Ted Nugent was there. You're here today, and you've never registered to vote. I want you to leave right now, yeah. because you did this. Yeah. Now, uh, KVU or KI reports that uh, rally organizers say the purpose of the convoy is to build support across the country for a tighter security along the Texas border. Now, they're demanding action to slow down the record number of immigrants that have been crossing the Rio Grande. And well, about a thousand people showed up at the One Shot Brewery and Distillery there in Dripping Springs. Many say they drove from across the states, uh, across the country, uh, basically to send a message. Yeah. Sarah Palin was there, too. I do want to thank you for being in the arena, knowing that now, more than ever, it's required of us to stand up and fight for what's right. It's unconscionable. It's treasonous what our own federal government is doing to us in actually sanctioning an invasion a foreign invasion of our country across that border. Now the uh, take take our uh, take. What were you going to say? Were you going to say something there? Nothing. It's just you know I I I, having, I guess I didn't really miss that Sarah Palin voice too much yeah. after all these years. I you like what she I still says. don't really miss. It. Yeah yeah I don't mind what she says at all. It's how she says. It. That's right. It's not what she says, but how she says. That's it. right. It's kind of like a cheese grater on the ear balls. My wife says that to me often. By you? It's not what you say. It's it's oh. how you say it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, the uh, take our uh, border back convoy. They leave Dripping Springs uh, at ten o'clock this morning. Uh, their final stop is uh, this convoy will uh, make it all the way to Eagle Pass. There you go. I think this is really cool. Uh, I, you know, I, I like how this convoy is is finding a lot of support. Uh, a lot of people just posting up on the side of the road to wave and say hi as it drives by. Seem like good people. I think Nuja played Wango Tango. I don't know, did he? I don't know. I mean, that'd be the main reason I'd want to go see him. Kind of, I, yeah, I got to question his technique here, though. This whole, if you if you haven't voted, 
I want you to leave right now. I mean, let's I play it. Hang on. Let's play it. You're here today, and you've never registered to vote. I want you to leave right now because you did this. That's 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 not a, that's, that's huh? not a good way to handle. Hey, thanks for showing up. Leave. Well, I don't think there was anybody there that's not a voter, right? I, I, would, I, mean, I would highly you're, doubt it. You're probably a voter if you went to the events, right? He did call Joe Biden devil scum snake. What is that? Devil scum snake. Devil scum snake. Yeah, that's a direct quote. Man. Well, you know, never lost for words. That's harsh. Like Ted. It's harsh, but it's accurate. It is fairly accurate. It is uh, 625. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Some big changes. And uh, I guess for some in the dog community, uh, kind of of controversial changes when it comes to our animal shelter here in town. Uh, They officially did approve a measure to change, I guess, a scoring system on how they grade dogs Mm -hmm. and the safety of these dogs. Yeah. On a Dunbar scale from one to six. One... On the low end, six, the high end, meaning the most dangerous, being a six. This, that's a dog that may have already attacked or killed or even maimed somebody. Uh, well, they decided to go to this, uh, this switch because there's so many aggressive dogs at the shelter. Uh, and, and I guess the idea is to euthanize the ones that are not adoptable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, they claim that they're going to, you know, look at all circumstances surrounding the dog aggression and kind of euthanize on a case-by-case basis just because it's a five or six doesn't mean it would immediately be euthanized. Yeah. Well, uh, some folks spoke, uh, you know, addressed the city council on this issue. Decide on whether you end a life without sharing the situation with rescues and killing a dog is wrong. Love dogs and lost dogs who have families will lose their lives over this. No, they won't. No, that won't happen at all. No, there's there's no fear there. Probably not. Uh, you know, Austin Pets Alive has uh, Dr. Ellen Jefferson with Austin Pets Alive has been making. She spoke yesterday, you know, and her big concern is that the shelter doesn't keep proper data. And so some dogs may end up in the euthanasia pool that don't belong there. Well, I, I would assume the people there care about dogs. Maybe get better with your data. 633 here on the Todd and Oz Show. And you could join us, too, at 512-836-0590. Well, it's uh, possible today we could learn more details. Lawmakers could learn some more details, the specifics, when it comes to this border security bill. Uh, they've been debating and kicking around various ideas behind closed doors. Yeah, there's uh, you know been talk about the possibility of allowing uh, you know up to five thousand illegal aliens to cross the border daily. Uh, you, uh, we've heard from many lawmakers on some of these details, and, and to be honest, uh, you know even lawmakers themselves haven't seen the full write up of this yet. But they're talking about certain work visa numbers and things like that, and how to slow the flow and hiring more border agents, more judges, uh, you mm-hmm. know, to, to take over these asylum hearings and things like that. And um, Congressman Chip Roy on the Fox Business Channel had some reaction last night. And I keep in mind, and he, he admits this, too, that they haven't seen the full details yet. Uh, but he already feels like it's a no vote. Bottom line is, this is a bill that we know is dead when it comes to the House in terms of any of the provisions that we believe are in it. We've not seen the text. We'll see the text hopefully tomorrow or Saturday. The Senate's going to move to it next week. I mean, Mike Lee, as a, a senator, has been going around saying, guys, I don't even know what's in the bill yet. And they're talking about filing cloture next week. That is the tool in the Senate to move to the bill, as you know. So that's a problem. We know that this, it's setting sort of a floor instead of a ceiling of like five thousand a month 
We're not going to do that. Okay, we're not going to do that in the House. Speaker Johnson's been very clear of that, clear about that. So we're going to need to do our part to make sure we push to get actual border security, not this uh, you know effort by the Senate to do another deal. Whenever the Senate starts coming together to do a deal, man, run away from it because it's never going to work out well for the hardworking people out there. Um, I'm happy to go sit down and have a conversation, but we passed a bill last year that would actually do the job. Uh, we know what we need to do, and it's enforce the law. Uh, you know, Jay Johnson, the Homeland Security Secretary under Barack Obama, had said anything over a thousand was was crazy. Right. So, if that's true, is that a definite no vote from you? Oh, it's not just a no vote. I mean, it's a uh, you know, as they say, like fix bayonets and like you know, take the magazine out and throw it at them, whatever it takes, right? It, <laughs> it is an absolute throw everything I can to stop it because this is what happens. Republicans try to take the goalposts, they move, they open up the floodgates to you know. 5,000, 10,000, whatever it is a day. We've been running at 10,000 a day. They then want to come back and say, you know, we'll agree with you. We'll cut a great deal for the American people. We'll set the new standard at 5,000 a day. As you just noted, five times worse than what Obama's secretary, Jay Johnson, said was an actual problem. Why would we do that? Now, now they'll push back and say, oh, no, that's not actually the standard. It'll be lower than that at times, but that's crazy. The fact that they're setting at 5,000, the reforms they're putting in place on asylum and parole, they won't do the job. By the way, those numbers, they don't deal with the family units, right? They're trying to say, oh, you'll detain the single adult males and single adult people, but we won't actually touch the family units. Well, guess what? You'll just encourage more family units, which encourages more sex trafficking of kids, abuse of kids, empowers cartels further. We cannot do that. We need to go back to what our current law states, which is secure the border, detain, do our job. Yes, you can have asylum claims, but only if you detain. That should be the rule. Zero people should be released into the United States. That's our position. The Senate has a weaker position. We're going to fight it. Yeah, there you go. Now, listen, I know people have a compassionate heart, right? It's truly an American story to immigrate to America to realize the American dream. Yeah. We just need to know who's coming, right? Well, and, and, yeah. And, and how many are coming, right? So there's got to be a process here. Uh, I mean, I know we need labor. We need a, we need a certain level of labor, but uh, yeah. we should be allowing people in based on merits. Yeah, you can't let your compassion cloud your logic. And and that's really what we need. We need logical decision making down there. Yeah. Here's what's frustrating about this this border this this bill, this package. Right? The public hasn't had any chance to see details of this. Uh Chuck Schumer says that uh he he's he's probably going to I guess Sunday is what he says that, uh, you know, it, the the text will be revealed. Right. Uh, procedural me measures uh, setting up the bill's path pathway through the Senate on Monday. Possible vote by the end of the week, giving the public very, very little time to, to actually digest what's in it. You've had some some senators already indicate that they want to just they want to get it rushed through and passed yeah. uh, before the public really has a chance to react to it. Mm. And th this is bothersome to me because Absolutely. it's, you know, it's 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 really all about Ukraine. And Israel. Yeah, well, it's it's more than that, too. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, the passion that people may have for a, a beautiful immigration story of a family coming here, you know, I mean, everybody can, can imagine that true American story. The problem is, is really some of them are very, very dangerous people. Yeah. Not all, but some of them, too many of them 
are incredibly dangerous people on our streets. In fact, crime is uh, proving to be a growing concern with these illegal immigrants in Chicago. Police in Chicago have arrested the leaders of an identity fraud ring that they say was targeting illegal immigrants and was fueling a rise in downtown retail thefts. The Cook County Sheriff's Office says three Mexican nationals had directed illegal immigrants from Venezuela to steal items from magnificent mile stores all in exchange for fraudulent ID cards that would allow them to get jobs. The sheriff there says they uncovered the fraud after talking to dozens of migrants with nearly identical stories, all after an explosion of retail thefts in certain areas. Just another reason why we should shut it down completely. Yeah, until yeah. we get control of this for sure. And then you got the story of the uh, that pack, that gang of illegal immigrants that attacked the cops in New York. Two of a dozen migrants accused in a vicious Midtown attack over the weekend appeared in court Thursday and stepped with droves of NYPD officers in a show of support for two of their own, pummeled on camera Saturday evening. The duo were the sixth and seventh arrest made Wednesday, but only 24-year-old Yohenry Brito was charged with robbery and felony assault in the attack. Concerning 21-year-old Yandri Badros, District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office declined to prosecute, citing a lack of evidence to prove his involvement. Wednesday's arrest followed four migrants also arrested and charged in the assault Saturday and one later Monday, yet all were released but one who was under a supervised release. Mm. You know, man. I've heard reports that uh, one, if not uh, even, and well, actually, I guess at least four now of of these guys charged in this attack are now believed to have fled to California. Yeah, on they, buses. they jumped on a bus to California. And the uh, the attorney for uh, old Daniel Penny up there, you know, the fellow who uh, the hero who who saved a, a tube, a train full of uh, passengers from some lunatic. Uh, there he's speaking out and saying, you know, the primary purpose of bail is to ensure that people return to court. And from what I understand, uh, they seem to have very minimal, no ties to New York City whatsoever. Obviously, if it's true that they've left for California, th- these guys aren't going to be held accountable. And yet, meantime, somebody like a, a Marine, you know, who defends some passengers on a train will be. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and listen, the admonish, the administration, the politicians in the administration, they won't admit this. But uh, those at uh, Customs, Border Patrol, ICE, Immigration Custom Enforcement, they recently rounded up over the past few days more than 100 illegal aliens that are considered to be too dangerous to be on our streets. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Deputy Director Patrick Lechtleitner announced that ICE arrested scores of potentially dangerous non-citizens over 11 days in 25 cities. Places where unlawfully present non-citizens were moving freely after being accused or convicted of truly heinous crimes were threatening our peace and security in the United States. And? Of those, 103 had convictions or pending charges for assaulting or for assault against children, including sexual assault, and 10 had pending charges or convictions of homicide or murder. And he says that funding uncertainty is an issue. The reality, we have limited resources, so we prioritize within our priorities, and national security and public safety threats are those top priorities. I'm Lisa Dwyer. So they were able to pick up about 100 or so, and uh, many more out there, they say. And this is the reason why Chip Roy is going to vote no on any kind of border deal because this country has no way of determining who's safe and who's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you're right. There's so who's much, dangerous there, and who's there, not. There's so much uncertainty out there. Public safety is is a major concern. And, I mean, you know, it's, it's an incredible financial burden, you know, on cities, on states. You talked about Chicago earlier. Uh, you know, one of their, uh, the, the ninth ward alderman, Anthony Beal. Yeah. He's fed up. 
uh, he 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 says that basically uh, they're illegal immigrants up there are being paid more than $9,000 a month in free wow. child care, housing and vouchers, food, clothing, education, legal help, and other services. 646 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Hang on a second. Chicago Alderman Anthony Beal has something to say. Now, I've said this before. If you give me three meals... Housing, child care, education, a voucher for $9,000. You know what? I come to Chicago too. Got that right. And that's what they're doing. They're telling people and they're sending money back to Chicago. I mean, back to Venezuela to come to Chicago because they're saying, hey, the good times are rolling there. They're taking care of everybody. Now, when we have... When we have Venezuelans that are driving cars, where'd they get a driver's license? Where did they get insurance from? There you go. Chicago uh, alderman Anthony Beal there. He also brings up that uh, they get, <laughs> they're being caught with drugs and guns and where they get all that from, too. Yeah. He's right. And, and, and you know, it's, uh, I, it's unfortunate that cities like this had to learn the hard way. You know, after all these decades of, of hurling insults our way down here because of we wanted to end the flow of immigration, illegal immigration. Chicago uh, council meeting sounds like going to church, doesn't it? It does kind of, doesn't it? Listen, an ordinance has been approved to extend the pay and the benefits of Austin police. Uh, but that will do very little to get the city of Austin and the police union back to the negotiation table. A number of people spoke before the council meeting yesterday, including uh, Susan Spataro, who says the council has got to do something to make the people of Austin, its visitors, and everyone feel safe. When I sat here today and listened to density, how much more density you want, density is going to demand more police officers, and you need to figure out how to get them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah many police critics who spoke, they slammed the city council for even entertaining the idea of passing such a resolution. Yeah. Yeah, this ordinance also includes uh, a $2,500 payout for every officer uh, if they reach a contract by July. That's the city trying to, you know, lure them back to the table. Uh, the activists who spoke out against the police yesterday still have a lawsuit that's pending. And uh, and the union says, well, we can't uh, begin the negotiations until that lawsuit is settled and yeah. figured out, you know, what happens in this that scenario. The police union president, Michael Bullock, he talked before council yesterday as well. And, and you know, he, he said, listen, you know, we've got a long way to go uh, to bridge to bridge everything. But I'm very, very open once I'm able to come back, once this lawsuit's settled. Yeah. I, I really am, am very much looking forward to getting back to the table and, and some good faith work. Here. Sounds like everybody does want a contract. Officers are quite literally giving of their lives, their blood, their sweat, and their tears to keep this city safe. And they have very little to show for it. Their work has been dismantled. Their resource needs have been unmet. And they've been wrongly villainized, and at every turn, it seems new ways to make their job more difficult. Yeah, Bullock says he, he looks forward to good faith negotiations resuming. Two city council members abstained. Yeah. And, and they are the, uh, they're, they're, they're two of the most vocal anti-cops uh, city council members we have, Zoe Kadri and Natasha Harper-Madison. Right, right. Zoe, Zoe's not a fan of cops. Natasha made it clear when she just saw a cop parked on her street one day, she wasn't a fan of him. Get out of my neighborhood. Yeah. So, uh, I, but I, I don't know exactly why they abs they abstained. Uh, you know, maybe they had a oh, they're weak. good reason. Oh, that's probably that's they're, probably a they're weak. Rest. Yeah, that's yeah they're a weak. Explanation. Yeah. Uh, listen, um, we got a recall of Teslas here, don't we? Uh, this, yeah. This, uh, this this just came up here. Let me. Uh, we just what happened? No, 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 nothing. Uh, yeah, we do. Did I miss something? 
No, not, a, not at all. I'm just smiling. It's Friday, man. I'm smiling. I'm, okay. I'm smi- it's a smiley Friday. No, hang on a second. Something happened. Is somebody standing behind me? Is there a trap door behind me? What do you... I did see Did it. I do something? I did kind of think I saw it Clemens. Is my zipper down? Is You just looked at me and started laughing or something. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Is it my zipper? You have to ask somebody else about okay. that one. I don't know what it was. I was just laughing. Okay. You had a good road today. Having a good Friday. I love that. Listen, Tesla's recalling nearly all of the vehicles that it sold in the United States because of some warning lights on uh, the instrument panel are too small. Font size. Yeah, documents posted uh, today by the U.S. safety regulators say that the recall will be done uh, with an online software update. It covers uh, 2012 through 2023 Model S and the 2016 through 2023 Model X. Uh, and a few other models. I'm sure you'll get the email from uh, from Tesla World Headquarters, right? Well, the agency says that the brake, park, and anti-lock brake warning lights, the font is too small. All right. So what, bre- wait, wait, wait. brake. The, so we're talking about like a parking brake. Okay. So that's when you're stopped. Yeah. What else? The, well, it's, it's all of the lights. Everything when you're... Oh, all of them. The okay. brake lights, the park lights, the anti-lock brake lights... The warning lights. All right, so the warning lights. The, yeah. the font is apparently too small and out of federal safety standards. Uh, okay. They, and apparently they say they can make a critical safety information hard to read, increasing the risk of crash. All right, so uh, with Teslas, though, I mean, you don't have to take them back in for a... It's a digital, right? it's a digital screen. It sounds like a software update. I mean, you're looking, yeah. you're looking at an iPad, right? Uh, pretty and much. a little warning light pops up on that screen, and apparently that's... That, that, that little beacon that pops up on the screen is just not big enough. Okay, well. And so the government is making Tesla uh, recall $2 million. Glad they've got some priorities there in Washington. No kidding, that man. Makes me, that's, that makes me feel so much, does that sound like a so sa- much better. Does that sound like a, a safety risk? No. That's, that requires that... Uh, that extensive of a of a bulletin? No, it doesn't. And and so we're and here's the thing too. It's hmm. it's 2012 to 23 model S's, 16 to 24 model X, 17 to 23 model 3s, 2019 to 24 model Ys, and then the 2024 Cybertruck. So since at least 2012, we've been using this font, right? I would assume. And been a problem, right? And now all of a sudden it is. Well, Tesla's already started releasing the software updates, and owners will be notified uh, in a letter starting uh, March the 30th. Sounds like it's going to be easy enough fix. Sounds like they're fixing it, right? Easy enough fix. 512-836-0590. Yeah, now listen, uh, the headquarters for the electric car company Tesla, they're already here in Austin. And now Elon Musk is changing the company's state's incorporation to Texas as well. Uh, Glenn Hammers with the Texas Association of Business. He says this is a big deal. It's hard to get a better promoter for your state in terms of promoting the state's business environment than Elon Musk. Now, he says there will be a, a ripple effect. Other corporations fleeing Delaware. Uh, that's kind of a hot spot to incorporate, I guess. But uh, there was a judge there that uh, uh, kind of ruled against his pay package. Right. And uh, he speculated that, well, well, I just moved to Texas. He did a poll on X. That's right. And Texans said, yeah, you're welcome here. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. Unequivocally. Well, I, I, from what I understand, I, I think about uh, nearly 70% of Fortune 500 companies are incorporated in Delaware because it's extremely welcoming, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for legal and tax purposes. But yeah, Musk went on, on Twitter and, and asked, and they were like, yeah, go ahead and leave. And so he said, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Feels like our government's going after him, doesn't it? They don't like him. He, he was like... There was a brief window in time where he was just the world's golden child. It's true. You know? He was fixing all of our ills. 
Here's Glenn Hammer from the Texas Association of Business again. The legal environment is now at the point where companies like Tesla want to incorporate here. Mm-hmm. Texter says Elon shouldn't have gotten pissed off at the government. Why not? That's, that's why they're mad at the lights. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.